Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your very messy-haired host, uh, Tony Kangas. And uh, I swear, I'm getting a haircut on, on Saturday. It's driving me crazy. I mean, I'm keeping it long, but but like this stuff is driving me crazy. Uh, and today I have with me uh, Brian Thompson, business development under uh, business de development manager for North America at Descartes Underwriting. Brian, thank you for coming on the show today. How's it going? Good. No, Tony, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. It looks like on LinkedIn that you are in in the. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to find a good euphemism for Little Rock, uh, one of the few states I've never been to. Uh, I'm sure it's beautiful, oh, it's but not exactly beautiful. not exactly an insurance hub. No, there's there's not a, a large carrier presence or any placement hub or anything like that. It's it's definitely an overlooked state. Um, yeah, I'm from there. We've got obviously the Arkansas Razorback and the state logo right behind me there. But uh, border rays, I've escaped a few times, but I keep coming back home. So yeah. okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, and, and we're recording in September, September sixth, two thousand twenty-three. Uh, we uh, went through the hottest July on record. And uh, August was a little better, but I'm assuming that now, like it's it's kind of beautiful. In in you know, you were at like 115 degrees back in in, in July. I'm assuming now it's beautiful. Uh, well, uh, ish. It's it's not 115 anymore. You know, we we have <laughs> that definitely hit that. But uh, I think today we're still under an excessive heat warning. You know, heat index pushing 100 degrees. But supposedly next week we're we've got the uh, the cold weather coming next week. Or, I say cold, it's going to be like high 80s versus you know, mid to upper 90s. Okay. Got, got you, got you. So, so we always give the, the guests the chance to give the elevator pitch. What, what is Descartes underwriting? Yeah, so first off, thanks for saying it correctly. Most people call it Descartes. Um, you know, my usual joke there is I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. But uh, Descartes underwriting, it is a parametric MGA based out of Paris, France. Been around for about five years now. Um, actually, had one of the largest Series B fundraisings last year of 120 million. Very well capitalized, very well known um, in the parametric space. Really been in the U.S. market about two years now, but we focus only on nat cat perils and only on parametric policies. Okay, so two years in the U.S. market. Um, okay, and and uh, Descartes was a French philosopher, right? Yes, you got it. Uh, awesome. So, so now. That's about the extent of, of my knowledge. I, I, I couldn't tell you what came from, from Descartes. Uh, but I am really curious yeah. how, how the name came to be. So obviously, I mean, he, he's, not only is he a French philosopher, but he's also a very well-known mathematician. So I'm, I'm oh, going okay. to out myself a little bit. Um, I'm not quite familiar with everything he did on the math side, but I believe like his, his, kind of his famous thing is the uh, I think, therefore I am. That's actually Rene Descartes. So, being a French company, French mathematician, very data science, science focused, they uh, decided to go with that. But okay, so 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 we think that we can insure it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I've offended all of my French coworkers at this point by not knowing more about Rene Descartes, and uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> immediately go study this farther before I talk to anyone yeah, again. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Okay, so 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 parametric. We've had a few parametric. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 companies uh, come on the on the podcast, and, and w here in the U.S. with the, with a focus on on cat. So yeah. cat has been 
a gigantic thing the last few years. So, so you you've been busy. Yes, uh, very much. <laughs> so, so you guys do cat for earthquakes, for for tornadoes. For you do, you, what, what do you do? What, what do you do parametric cat for? So really anything that's in natural peril, right? So either weather-related, earthquake, wildfire, um, you know, kind of the thing on that is if you've got a weather or natural problem and we can get data on it, we can probably build something around it for you to solve your problem. Yeah, you know, the vast majority of it in the U.S. market is going to be hurricane. That's just that's the, the main pain point in the property market in the cat space. Earthquake in, is definitely growing quite a bit as capacity seems to shrink there, especially on the West Coast. So we've seen quite a bit more earthquake. Uh, and then honestly, really in the severe convective over the last just three or four months, you know, we've seen a lot of those renewals come through where last year maybe they had a one or two percent wind and hail deductible. Now they're going up to five, even even higher. And so we've really had a lot of opportunity to also kind of start sliding into the wind and hail um, more so than we traditionally have. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, so when, it, when it comes to hurricane, um, I'm assuming the, the, the Oracle is, is the National Weather Service. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways people can approach it, right? We typically use the National Hurricane Center. I mean, the data is very robust. It's public. It's it's available. Um, it's very accurate. It's reliable. And those are kind of the two things, right? Is it reliable? Is it accurate? Because you don't want to have a situation where you build an index, you build a structure, and then something happens to the data. The, whatever source you're using drops out or you can't vet it, and therefore you have some coverage issues. So in order to avoid that, we actually do work, work with the National Hurricane Center as our data provider for hurricane. Yep. Okay, so so it's, it's it sounds like as as opposed to like an off the shelf program we have, and hey, if you have business like this, call us. It's more hey, large brokers uh, and wholesalers. If if, if you have uh, if if you're having a lot of, ri of risk that you're having a hard time placing, that is similar, uh, and we, we we can build the program for you. Yeah, so I kind of like to describe it to people. You know, I, I came from, um, you know, the I've been on BizDev for a while, but more so on the admitted side with, with some wholesale. But, you know, there I, I had 70 boxes I could sell you, but your risk had to fit in one of the boxes. Here, what we're doing is we're basically building a box around your risk. So, you know, which is something I I've absolutely love about this side of it is okay. you know, a chance to, to really kind of dive in and figure out what your problem is, what the, what the pain point is with the account. Sometimes it's just, hey, no one wants this. I, I need capacity. Other times it's, you know, this particular property is just driving the whole program into the into the dirt. Can you help me with it? Or I really said that's why it's it's a conversation. It's not, hey, here's our, our structure. Here's our products. Take it or leave it. It's what are you trying to solve for? How can we help you do that? How can we approach it? And, you know, it's it's interesting. It's usually the fourth or fifth iteration is, is what actually binds because we're really trying to narrow down to, to get the best structure for the budget, the concern, the, the premium, really all that all at once. So it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of problem solving. Okay. So, so, so hey, Brian, I, I, I've got 300 properties around California mm -hmm. that, that were dropped by, by State Farm when they, when they pulled out kind of, kind of thing. Uh, and we, we, we think we can get them some level of property coverage, but nobody will touch the wildfire. Yep. Uh, can we put it all together into a parametric program program? Yeah, you absolutely could. I mean, I will say with, with the cart, we are commercial only. Um, we are, oh, okay, okay, okay. I have some changes to that down the line, more like the high net worth space on wildfire, but that's not there yet. So let's, uh, 
maybe by the time this launches, we'll have it live. But uh, for right now, we're going to operate on the assumption that it's commercial risk. And yeah, we can look at that either, you know, we can carve them out individually if you need to do that. We could put all 300 on one policy with their own limits, their own structures kind of tied to where they are. Wildfire is kind of interesting because it's, it's more of a binary. Most of our programs, we typically will have in, an index where you kind of step into the coverage, right? The more severe it is, the closer the event is, the more of the coverage limit gets deployed. Wildfire tends to be more binary. It's basically, did it burn or not? You know, that makes it a little easier to, to quantify. Um, you know, so we'll usually have a, you know, if we have the, the actual asset, we'll have a circle around it. And then looking at the satellite data, if, if any of that, you know, that circle around the structure burned, then coverage is afforded. Okay. Uh, so so uh, can it be an indemnity product? Or, or is, because most parametric is, is, you know, here's your X amount regardless of, of the actual value of overall well as loss. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that. So it does, you do have to suffer a loss because otherwise it's not insurance. And for to make it insurance, you do have to suffer the loss. Now, we don't adjust it. It is it's trigger-based. You know, so when the event happens, here's your pre, you know, pre-agreed payout based on the predefined triggers. But let's say it triggers $5 million, is how much the event happened, whatever event we're looking at, give you $5 million in coverage. Then you have, you know, you, maybe you only had $3.5 million in losses. Then you would attest to say, I had $3.5 million in losses. That's what we would pay. Ideally, that's a, a little bit of a broad example because we, we you know, across the industry, try very hard to eliminate any basis risk. I mean, there's basis risk in traditional indemnity policies as well just like there is going to be in parametric, we try to eliminate, eliminate that as much as possible so that the payouts based on the severity and all that on the index really do correlate with the suffered loss. But where it's a little bit different on that is we, like the, you know, really any economic loss can go into there. So like non-damaged BI is eligible. So there's a lot of different things that are eligible to to accrue to that triggered amount that traditional insurance wouldn't offer. So like, let's say we're looking at, you know, your a hospitality risk in the Gulf and a hurricane's coming, maybe it passes at 27 miles, you had coverage out to 30 miles, so you, you triggered coverage, but it's a smaller Cat 3, you didn't suffer any damage to your building, but you had increased payroll the week before as you're trying to harden the structure and get it ready. You had lost, you had lost revenue from people canceling before the event even got there. You had lost revenue from the weeks to months after during the recovery period. Now you're again, you're paying potentially overtime to kind of recoup your, your property, all of that. But let's say you didn't actually have any physical damages, so your traditional BI wouldn't trigger. We would. So all of that is eligible to be accumulated towards that limit. So typically by the time you add in all of the economic losses and the traditionally non-covered losses, you're gonna be able to hit that limit or to be able to just you know, have enough losses for that limit. But it does, that is kind of a, a common question. You do have to suffer a loss because otherwise it's a derivative or a swap and it's an investment game at that point. Okay. Um, how, how long does it take to, to, to build a program? So to build a program, it really depends on the risk. I mean, if it's, you know, single location, relatively easy, you know, we're, you know, we're just looking for you know, hurricane risk or, or earthquake on this one location. It's well-defined. We know what we're looking for, you know, three or four days. Um, we can do it quite a bit quicker. Just, there is a lot of modeling and, and, and work that goes into these to, again, to eliminate that basis risk. We use the phrase, like, we're risk agnostic or, you know, the occupancy type, construction type. All of that doesn't really matter in parametric, right? It it doesn't matter in the rating. It matters in building the structure. So let's say you've got a 1973 frame, have the structure on the coastal island. 
that's fine for us because we're underwriting the probability of the peril occurring at that location. We're not looking at the risk type or anything along those lines. Where we do look at that is going to be informing that structure, right? So if I know it's if it's frame, it's you know older, maybe it can't withstand a relatively strong hurricane. We're probably going to attach a little bit lower. But let's say it's a you know relatively new construction. It's very hard and it was built to withstand a Cat three. You don't need a whole lot of coverage in a Cat three. So we will look at that as we're building the structure, and a lot of that goes into the modeling and the predictive analytics that go along with that. And so that's kind of where the potential of the delay is, because we're not just throwing out, hey, here's our one policy, take it or leave it. We are building these bespoke to each risk. And so there can be some time that goes into that. Obviously, if, you know, last half of May, when we're a couple weeks away from hurricane season and everyone's scrambling to find something, it may take a little bit longer. But usually, just a few days, we can have some turned around. And then if it's, you know, 600 locations across the U.S. or if we're, you know, looking at some Caribbean islands and we've also got some Pacific Northwest, you're throwing on four or five different perils on there, it can obviously take a little bit longer. But. Okay. What, what, what are the commissions like? Is, is it similar to, to, yeah. to the admitted market? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to speak for Descartes. You know, obviously, I think most of our competitors are about the same. We typically will quote net, and so you, we can gross it up to what you'd like. You know, if we're working with wholesale, oh, okay. we're going to have a little bit higher just because they're having to split it. If we're working with retail, you know, potentially with them, we also do quite a bit with public entity municipalities. A lot of those may just be on a fee basis versus a commission basis. So it really it varies. You know, we can do whatever you need us to do. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, okay. Uh, uh, do I need to go through a wholesaler or or... No, you don't have to. You can come to me directly. Yeah, we work with both channels. We are dual distribution. You know, we don't really have a preference either way. It's it, it kind of depends. You know, it's interesting. Some of the risks tend to stay mostly in the retail channel, and then a lot of other risks tend to come through wholesale. I mean, I think by nature of, especially in in Florida and the coastal area, kind of working there with the hurricane, a lot of those do seem to get pushed to the wholesale channel because that's already where the property placement's going to begin with. And so it makes more sense to come from that. If we're looking at, you know, wildfire or just a little bit other, maybe some different, you know, rainfall, drought, snowfall cover, things along those lines, those may actually be coming more through the retail channel. So we work with both. Um, usually it's more like national or, or larger regional retailers and then wholesale and then national sellers. Okay. Um, you have a really cool role with the insurance. So I'm sure that, that I'm going to get questions yeah. uh, from, from the listeners on how do I get a role like that, right? So, so, yeah. so I'd love to hear kind of the story. I, I, know, I know that, that you've got a degree in RMI, mm -hmm. you've got a CPCU and an ARE. Uh, how did, did you tie it all together to, to come to this really cool side of insurance where you get to build a box instead yeah. of play with a predefined box? Uh, no, it's it's a great question. Um, I've had a very interesting insurance career. So uh, I guess I'll, we'll start kind of the beginning, right? Um, you know, I, 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 like most people, didn't intend initially to go into insurance. I actually had been working at Disney World for a couple of years as a recreation manager. Loved that. Uh, 2008 economy kind of started and, you know, the, the economic, economic downturn started. Really kind of wanted to get out of hospitality and, and you know, really start a career. Um, I had one year left on my degree. Wound up moving back to Arkansas from, from Orlando with my wife and uh, the college I went to had a risk management program. You know, the agents I knew growing up, you know, I really liked that they were involved in the community. They, they, they just seemed to be kind of like very visible people doing things. And, and I really, you know, that's something I kind of wanted to be career wise was 
you know, for, you know, outward focused, facing, talking to people, things like that. So why not we get an RMI degree? Um, during that process of kind of finishing up those, those classes, really kind of learned about reinsurance and the broader insurance industry as a whole. Um, so right out of college, wound up opening up an agency. It was a, a captive agent with shelter insurance, so very similar to State Farm, just kind of a super regional in the Midwest. Um, great company, loved working for them. I uh, was agent for six years. Really wanted to do something more than just be a captive personal lines agent long term. So had the opportunity with them uh, to go into reinsurance. They also owned Shelter Re, doing reinsurance domestically, mostly for smaller you know, mutuals, one or two states, things like that. And then obviously quite a bit of uh, European and Asian risk as well. Um, so that kind of really introduced me to, I think, to like big eye insurance, right? Like the, the overarching industry uh, on a global scale. Loved that. Was doing property cat. Um, really enjoyed it. Travel was a ton. I had two small kids. Missed my kids. Um, had the opportunity to go to Markel for five and a half years, working on, uh, in the, as a field rep in, in Arkansas initially. Moved up to running their field team um, for the Mid-South region on the Mid-Ed side. Again, great opportunity, really loved Markel. Um, missed working on like weird property. It's something that I always, I really enjoyed the reinsurance and kind of doing, you know, different stuff. I was on the admitted side. Um, so it was very, you know, I had a lot of options for it. Like I said, I had a lot of boxes, but you still had to fit the box. Um, I had, had been aware of Descartes and Parametric just for being kind of an insurance nerd and, and following all the, the news sources and Artemis and the Insurance Journal and all these things. and. You know, when they got their Series B funding uh, in 2022, that got my headlines, and I just had started following them on LinkedIn, and um, opportunity arose to to apply for this position, and felt like it was a really good time to have an alternative in the property market. You know, I kind of saw, I didn't think it was going to be quite this crazy, but knew <laughs> it was going to be hardening quite a bit in the future, and decided I wanted to uh, take the leap, and it's worked out great. Uh, absolutely love Descartes, love what I get to do every day. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm doing an insurance podcast. Like, this is fun. It, it's, you know, and, and it's a it's a very small pond. There's not a whole lot of people doing it. So you get a lot of, uh, a lot of exposure and a lot of opportunity to talk to people that I probably never would have prior to that. So, so I guess how to get into it is just uh, keep your eye on it. You know, follow the players that are doing it. It's going to be growing significantly as an industry. I mean, Descartes going to be growing. You know, follow us on LinkedIn. Um, follow me. I'll, I'm, if we have a job posting, I'll definitely be putting it out there as well. But um, yeah, I think it's it's just you know keep an eye on it. There's going to be a lot of opportunity in the next couple of years. I think. In, in the how, how many of you in the U.S.? So there are eight now. We just had a, had a couple of new folks join us. So yeah, we've uh, going from two, I guess, two years ago. So it's definitely a lot of growth last year. Fantastic. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, it's super interesting. Uh, parametric is is. Is, is interesting. I, I, back when I got my CPCU, I don't think parametric was ever mentioned. I don't, uh, I don't know if you, if you got yours before or after me. I got mine in 2011, but literally the word parametric was never mentioned. Yeah, it was a couple years after you. I think I was 17. Okay. And, 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 yeah, it, it kind of been, I, think, I don't think it was in the textbook, but it was already <laughs> talked about a little bit. You know, I think prior to that, it, you know, it existed since the 90s, right, with cat bonds. That was the kind of the, the initial start of it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 2000s, I think the, there was a Caribbean island facility was one of the first ones that wasn't a cat bond that got put together. And then you you kind of start seeing a little bit more. It's It moves down to being a little bit more approachable. But until the last maybe five to seven years, I don't think it really was near as, as ubiquitous as it is now and, and really approachable for just the normal retail agent or, or wholesaler or just, you know, smaller risk, right? You know, it's still 
I think until the last few years with the Internet of Things growing up, machine learning, the, the access to data and, and satellite providers and things on those lines where we can really get the granular information that we need to make it effective, that's kind of blown it up over the last couple of years. Is, is there, is there any, any, any education out there for parametric? Uh, or you really have to kind of learn it on the job? Pretty much have to learn it on the job. It's... What's interesting about it is, at its core, it's real simple. You know, we are underwriting the probability of that event happening at that location. If it, you know, if A happens, B gets paid out, usually within a matter of weeks, everyone moves away. So, like, it, that part of it, you know, the kind of the promise of it and how it operates is very simple. The rest of it is not, you know, like, that's one thing I love about this job is, most of our underwriting and, and you know, kind of our folks back in Paris, they're data scientists, they're climate PhDs, they're brilliant, brilliant individuals that necessarily didn't have an insurance background. But then we also have kind of the founders and the creators of, of Descartes. You know, they've got the insurance background. We have a, a lot of insurance people as well. So we're bringing these two very distinctly different groups of people together. Where you know, a lot of our underwriting is actually climate scientists, you know, seismologists, things along those lines um, that have then had to you know, adapt that to insurance on a global scale. So now you're working with, you know, 40, 50 different countries and all their regulations and yeah, but. So, so, so basically the, your, your role is get the word out locally in the U S uh, and, and then when, when something comes in, kind of package it up uh, so, so that the the uh, the big guns back in Paris ca can decide how to price it. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit different than you know traditional just biz dev in the field. Um, it's it's almost field underwriting, but with no authority. <laughs> um, and I guess because in that, in that case, because it's it is different, we don't we don't need authority for what we do. But um, you know, like I said, you know, we'll the broker will come to us. Hey, here's the risk. Here's what we're trying to solve for. You know, we usually we'll have kind of that intro that that first couple conversations to kind of figure out exactly what it's looking like, put together some sort of idea of, of our structure and, and program, send that into Paris, let them look at it, let them model it, let the, the brains kind of work through it. A lot of times they'll have some, some tweaks and changes like, hey, if we look at it this way, we can actually make it even more effective or because of this risk, this is how we need to approach it over here. And so, you know, they'll, they'll obviously have a much better understanding of, of kind of what's really driving some of the pricing than, than I may is once they get into the analytics and the data of it. Um, and so they'll have kind of present, come back with the pricing as well as maybe some structure ideas, some follow-up questions, and then it just starts the conversation, right? You know, now we've got three or four iterations. Everyone feels good about it. You now we'll present to the, the insured. A lot of times we actually get brought in to help the, the broker present to the insured. It really depends on the broker's understanding, their comfort level with parametric. You know, if it's third or fourth time we've worked together, I think they, most of the questions they feel pretty good about, but if it's the first time they're presenting or, you know, they're working the like board of directors for condo association or for a municipality or things along those lines, maybe they just want to make sure that they have a fail safe if the questions get a little too deep. But so it is interesting in this role that we actually do work quite a bit with the insurers as well, um, more so than I have traditionally. All right. Uh, super interesting stuff. Thank you for taking the time to, to, uh, to enlighten us about it. Yeah, uh, and and uh, look forward to to, uh, to to see you out on the road. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to get you to Arkansas. I'm going to get you at some of our conventions, or you just come down. I, and go oh, yes, yes, that's right. I, I have never 
been to Arkansas, so I would love to speak at a, at a PIA of Arkansas or something on the line. We will absolutely fix that. So we've got both. We have the Big Eye and the PIA in Arkansas. Great friends of both of them, both wonderful organizations. We will rectify this. I'll, I'll get you here. The, the, they both have the the how to engage millennials problem, <laughs> both the PA and the, the big guy. <laughs> so I'd love to help with that. Awesome! Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks again, Tony. Appreciate it, buddy. And I hit stop. <laughs>